Welcome to Deleted Saves. On this episode, Final Fantasy IV on the SNES. There was a time when I couldn't have fathomed playing a role-playing game. As I have talked about before, my earlier video game interests were of the short-term, action-oriented variety, usually themed around some sort of pop culture 1980s cheesiness. But as I've also stated, my tastes were evolving in this period, enough for 1991's Final Fantasy IV to make its impression upon me. Now, for some context. In a previous episode, I have talked about how Square, the game's publisher, liked to change names of their titles during this period. And this game in particular was released as Final Fantasy II in North America. The real Final Fantasy II had not been released in the States, nor was Final Fantasy III. So it was decided the name would be changed for continuity's sake to coincide with the first of the series that had been released on the NES in 1987. If anyone needs to make a flowchart, now is the time. I believe I first saw a review of Final Fantasy IV, then known as II, in an issue of Nintendo Power, the de facto game's news rag slash company mouthpiece for Nintendo of America in the day, and I was intrigued. The article hinted at the adventure of a lifetime in which the player follows Cecil the Dark Knight, a full novel-style story told over many hours that promised adventure in a full world, not just sections of one like a platformer, with a go-anywhere, do-anything approach to play. Or so it seemed back then. That style of game was quickly becoming my jam. It was even larger than A Link to the Past, and I needed to have this game in my life. So, of course, I couldn't find the fucking thing at my home game stores. Not even a trip to the other mall produced any copy of the game. I figured I was really out of luck this time, until a family vacation to Canada changed the course of my gaming life. That year, my folks decided they need to visit Canada and see the sights. Edmonton, glaciers in the national parks, you get the idea. They did that sort of thing. I, however, had just recently learned that video games are produced by region, not nation, so a game bought in Canada would work perfectly fine on the Super Nintendo sold in the United States. I never said I was smart or aware of these things. So, while we were walking around the city of Edmonton, I saw a local electronics media store, the kind that sold CDs, movies, and most importantly, video games. I had to try my luck. They had a copy. It was like finding the Holy Grail. I'm quite sure the employees working that day were quite confused as to why an obviously American kid was so giddy about a video game purchase, but I'd learned by then just to accept being regarded as weird, especially by underpaid, disaffected 20-somethings working a cash register. They didn't understand. Once home, Final Fantasy IV proved to be worth the hype I'd gotten myself worked up around despite knowing better. It was a story of transformation and evolution, of love and loss, monster summoning, and spoony bards. It had swords, sorcery, weird mage-punk airships, delved deep beneath the earth, and just when I thought it couldn't get any crazier, the story literally shoots for the moon, showing that the characters are more than even what they seem to be, and are against odds much more dire than they even expected. It had characters I could root for, even when they didn't always get along, and from it I learned how complex game mechanics could get as I balanced magic types versus monster weaknesses, weaker swords and armor versus stronger swords and armor, and began to understand how to be patient within the confines of the program execution. It was magnificent. It was the reason I began playing RPGs at all, and still do to this day. 
Final Fantasy IV has been re-released and remastered many times over the years. A testament to the classic it is, and that I was not alone in my enjoyment of the game. It's been properly named, given graphic updates and upgrades, received more accurate translations, and while all those things are good and allow for a new generation of gamers to experience it, for me, nothing will replace that first-time magic of fumbling my way through this game on its initial JRPG glory. And in a way, I have Canada to thank for both my love of the genre and the existence of this podcast. Had a store in Edmonton not had this in stock, I would likely have missed out entirely. Oh, Canada, indeed. Thank you for listening.